Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My mom got this in Russia. <gasps> what? What? Yeah. No way. There was a huge Ute fan in Russia. Look, that's a. Uh... That's, so that was the biggest one. I don't know why they made me the biggest one. No that's way. De, that's Devontae Booker. What? That's Travis Wilson. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Weirdest thing in the world. That is amazing. But yeah. you're the big guy, though. That's hilarious. The Russian nesting, though. <laughs> exactly. Travis Wilson is the little. No, she, like, I'm not kidding. She got those in Russia. They're not, like, at some store in Salt Lake. No, like, there was a that's huge Ute fan. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely going on the podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. You're putting in the work. Yeah. Getting those reps in now, hey? Yeah, getting the reps in. I've lost like six pounds. And so you can't, you can't afford to lose weight. No, I know. That's the thing. I've been trying to eat more because they just had me run so much. So, well, we're glad that you're uh, still alive, even though you're putting, you're taking all the weight off. Taking all the reps. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No, I was ex- normally like with certain podcasts. I'm like, ah, but then I was excited to, to be on this one. So, dude, this, yeah. is, this, one, this one's the big time. So, yeah, I love it. I'm the sauce and spaghetti. Put it on you, kind of heavy. Listen to me, get a semi country bitch up in her Chevy. Do me right or do me never. Make you sweat up in your sweater. Don't get cocky, don't get clever, don't get cheesy on me, cheddar. No time to waste. Waste my time, I'ma make them wait. I'm a pancake. Bitch, but I take the cake. I'm gooey in the middle, baby. Let me bake. No time to waste. Waste my time. I'ma make them wait. I'm a pancake, bitch, but I take the cake. I'm gooey in the middle, baby. Let me bake. Good day or bad, there's always time to be social. Welcome to the Social Hall Podcast. My name is Christian Judd. Seated across from me, as always, virtually, is Andrew McCullough. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Christian? I'm doing well. I'm doing great, man. Best of my life. I did that a little out of order, but uh, a little bit of out of order. I mean, we're just you. You had a long drive to Salt Lake today. I did. I did. And uh, you know, you you made it, but you're here. I am, and I I brought a friend with me. Dude, you brought a you brought a friend. Let's hear it. Yeah, uh, he may be small in stature, but uh, he's got the uh, strength of. uh, 10 men down on one knee, just like our, our friend Aladdin. And that's, we got number 18, Utah fan favorite, Britton Covey on with us today. Britton, how you doing, hello. buddy? Yes, hello. I don't even know what that means, the strength of 10 men on one knee. Like, are they all proposing to someone or what's, what's going so, on? So I think he's down on one knee, but even on one knee, he has the strength of 10 men. Ah. Yeah, because it's like the strength of 10 men down on one knee. It's like, well, Men don't have a ton of strength on one knee. It's like you're not really you're strong. <laughs> oh, yeah, my interpretation but I think, was far off. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Aladdin on one knee is still as strong as ten men. I think yeah. that's the deal. Okay, well, I so, appreciate that compliment. I I don't yeah. know if that's true, but <laughs> well, you, it, is, it is pretty darn true with the way that um, you take tackles and everybody gets frightened and after every one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys aren't the only ones that get frightened. My family's pretty. You know, I think no one wants me to fair catch more than my family. <laughs> and, no one, and no one in Ute Nation besides them wants you to fair catch. That's a right. <laughs> yeah, that last game when I didn't, Coach Witt came off. I came off the sideline. Coach Witt was laughing and he just said, you're the only person I've ever coached that wouldn't fair catch on that play. And then that would get lit up and start trash talking after you just get destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the best part because they, they're all hyped up thinking, oh, I just laid this guy out. And you pop up and you're just right back in their grill and they're just like, it throws them for a loop. They're like, wait right, a well, second. Yeah, that's the whole point is to not give them the satisfaction of it. So Exactly, exactly. So tell me then, um, since we're on the topic, um, you know, we had a whole schedule here, but, you know, this is a great place to start. 
I was um, thinking about this um, a lot lately. I've been thinking about it since I've been watching you back when you were uh, first playing at Utah. But tell me, tell the tell the listeners at home, kind of what is going through your mind when you're when you're getting ready for that kick and the ball's coming. You know, mm-hmm. my friend Andrew here, he actually um, claims to this day, and maybe you can tell us whether or not it's true that when you received that um, kick at the Oregon game that you ran back, that you looked up at him and you gave him that eye contact and looked into his soul and whoa, said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got this for you. So it was, let me, let me back up there. It was, uh, <laughs> it was the Oregon game. We all remember it was 21 zip and you were walking towards the South end zone uh-huh. and we were all, I, I started the North the end zone, walking towards the North, the north end zone. End zone. Yeah. You're walking yeah. towards the North end zone. I started the chant, the Britton Covey chant. Like, you did? Uh, yeah, I started that, just so you know. And and you looked right up at us, and you kind of gave us like the, hey, let's, like the, the finger wag. Like, let's see if they, uh, let's, like, bring it on. Let's go. And and I call, as soon as you caught that ball, I saw the lane to the left, and I was just like, I, I just freaked out. I, I hit Christian. I was like, dude, he's going. He's going. He's yeah. going to get the corner. And then once you got the corner, like I thought you were gone. I didn't even realize that like time was uh, had ran out when you had almost got tackled kind of on the sideline. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, but, but you, you heard us, right? You heard us chanting and, and you oh, I did. Yeah, us. absolutely. Well, that's, that's one of the fun parts of it is that really does give me confidence like that, you know, that chant. And, and I know it kind of picked up towards the end of the season, but I even remember my freshman year having that happen and, it would like take the nerves away because it, it does get pretty nerve wracking back there. Um, so yes, I, no, I remember, I love, I love looking near the North end zone too, just because there's, you know, there's always crazy fans over there. And so you kind of make eye contact over there and give them a little head nod, like, Hey, are we going to do something? Are we going to do something special here? And so, you know, it's so, so you're confirming that you looked into Andrew's yeah. soul and you, and it was particularly Andrew's soul. That's where yep. I, Yeah. So in case anyone was wondering, that's, that's all he wanted. That's uh, you have it on record. We can probably just end it right there if we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously though, um, what kind of, what is going through mm-hmm. your mind when you're, when you're, when you're standing back there and like, before you, before you hear yeah. the chant, like what's kind of, well, I, I try not to, um, I guess because the moment can be big, right. And, and what the task can be, scary you know if you think about what you're actually going to do kickoff returns are actually a lot scarier than punt returns because punt returns they come down in waves you know one guy two guys one guy three guys uh kick return a lot of times it's one big wave so if you don't find a gap early on you're going to get you know creamed um so i i really try to not look at something as a whole like i try to not look at punt return as a whole because it becomes intimidating the task and i try to separate it into small little tasks and that helps me kind of just focus on one thing at a time and not, not have negative thinking. Because if you, if you think negatively on a punt, so many things go wrong. You, you can always tell when a punt returner is thinking negatively and, and they drop the ball or they misjudge the ball, they'll fly the ball in the air. They, they fair catch it when they have 15 yards of space. Um, they miss their opening, their first lane that they should get to. So take it one thing at a time. And I've got it down to a pretty, you know, a pretty good science of what to do first and how much time it takes for what. So I don't know if you want me to go into those details, but that's, well, you know, let's uh, I got, I got a question well, or more of a statement. I guess it's a little bit of a compliment at first, which would be, I was talking to another buddy last week and uh, it was actually, sorry, it was, it was uh, the week of the, the championship game. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, we, were, we were just talking about how many, how, how many points, added over the course of a season having a good punt returner really adds and and my point and it kind of goes to what you just said was that um even i I said even if britain covey's not the all-time greatest punt returner um he has to be he has to be up there in in terms of making the first guy miss which kind of goes to your point of like segments um I don't know that I've ever, besides the ones where you should fair catch it and you just get laid out, I don't know that I've ever seen the first guy actually get you. It yeah. seems like you're so adept at 
getting the first guy to miss so that even when a, 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 a kind of a middle of the road punt returner um, maybe gets a yard or two, maybe three, you seem to make that first guy miss and get, you know, seven yards where somebody else would have got one or two. Of course, that also leads itself to you have way more opportunities to break the big ones. Yeah. Um, so I guess it, I don't know what that. It's not really a question yeah. in there, but uh, I thought that kind of went to your point. And uh, yeah, it's just exciting to watch you back there. So uh, yeah, I've got a question. You get, like, oh yeah, go ahead on on that on that thought. So you know, you kind of mentioned um, you know the intimidation factor, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was one, I think that it was either in the, it was, I'm pretty sure it was in, in the first quarter of the championship game where um, you kind of got smashed mm-hmm. um, where, you know, looked like you were going to, you were going to hit the gap, but then it didn't happen. And you, and you got, you kind of got taken to the house on that one. Yeah. But you jumped up and you're just like shaking it off, nodding your head like this, nothing. Right. I mean, is that kind of like a, is that for both yourself and for them to show you like you yeah. can't just because you hit me doesn't mean that I'm down. Well, part of, you know, a lot of it's for me and, and for them, but mo- more of it is for my punt return unit. So sometimes I like to think what my career average could have been if I did fair catch more, because I already, I think I've got like, you know, I think I had the second highest average in the country this year, but in terms of just like Utah history, I think I'm, second highest but if you take the all the ones where i just get destroyed where most people would fair catch it you know my career average increases by like four yards because it's just you know but what i've realized is when my punt return unit sees that even if the ball's hanging up there for four or five seconds i still am going to try and take one even you know even if guys are right on me they start to realize that they can't afford to basically be lax with their blocks they can't afford to um, lose leverage on their guy so quickly and they block forever you look at any other power turn unit and the moment that their guy gets out of their frame they just let him go because they're like oh my guy will fair catch it with me i've had multiple times where i catch it and get destroyed and the guy that was supposed to blocking to be blocking him feels horrible they're like oh my gosh i just got covey destroyed so it changes their mentality. They, they see it totally differently. So a lot of it is for, obviously, I want to prove to the other guys, like, I'm not scared. I'll take anything. But also to my power turn unit, like, I'm going to try and get one going all the time. So don't let up. Don't get the guy outside of your frame. And if, he, if you do, don't just give up on the play. Because that's what so many power turn units do. There'll be a guy, I lost him. My guy will have to fair catch. No, I'm not fair catching. So you better get your guy, you know. Yeah, that's the very interesting kind of uh, mentality and, and the psychology behind that. It's very interesting that you even um, kind of uh, bring that up because it really does send a message to your guys. They can't let up mm-hmm. because they know, hey, Britain's bringing this out no matter what. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's it's, like it's quintessential good, leadership. It's a good segue, though, into what our topic was originally. Um so how are you, I know that like with everything going on with preparing for the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. that I don't know how much thought you're putting into it, but there has to be some at least about transitioning that mindset then into prepping for the NFL, for the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, what type of things have you been doing, if any, at this point? Yeah. Well, like you said, uh, during the season, I totally pushed it out of my mind. I, I, you know, I said the best NFL prep that I can do is win the Pac-12 championship. You know, like that will give you the most exposure, the most opportunities. You're playing on big stage. You're, and, and, and also, it's just like I didn't want that in the back of my mind. So I pushed that thought out of my mind the whole season until we won. Now, I think that it's more reasonable, you know, and everybody knows you got to start thinking about it, thinking about your future, preparing so, you know, I've got my trainer figured out and um, just trying to find out from agents and scouts, you know, what, what do they want my body weight to be going into the season? Um, what are the projected 40 times that would be important for me? You know, um, so I'm starting to look at all that, starting to interview agents as well, uh, because I can't sign with an agent until after the Rose Bowl. So 
um, the interview process is going on. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's mental because the physical prep is still based around the Rose Bowl. You know, I, there's not much more I can be doing um, physically to prepare for the NFL right now. And that kind of takes the burden away, you know, but there are some mental things to prepare. And that's kind of what I've started to do. And uh, it's getting real now, you know, before it was kind of just like a, a dream. And the fact that it might be a reality is just, in, it's, I don't even know what to say. I'm at a loss for words, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind up, of wild to think yeah. this little, little quarterback from um, Timview yeah. in uh, Provo, Utah. No, I agree. And it's, <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're like eight years old and you're playing in the backyard, you're like, I'm going to be in the NFL, you know, it's like, cool. But then when you're like 13, 14 years old and you're saying that, the parents usually step in and say, that's awesome. But you know, that's a little unrealistic. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those type of dreams. And uh, I think for me, I, I've always had a, a unbelievable belief in myself, you know, because I've had to at my size and just being a small, you know, white kid from Provo, like not many, not many people do that. So I've always believed in myself, but the NFL even seemed like a distant reach for me. So the fact that, you know, even if I make a roster, I don't know, you know, it's, I don't know if I'll get drafted. This draft class is huge and I'm a little older and there's a lot of stuff working against me, but you know, the fact that I make a team or something, that's, I accomplished something. That well, it's I like the, old, of. the old saying goes age before beauty. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. One question about this and you don't have to tell us who your trainer is or any of that mm -hmm. uh, business, but um, do you anticipate that you'll be training here in Utah or are you going to uh, go out, out of state, go elsewhere to train and pre prep for the draft or what's your anticipation there? A little bit of both. Uh, my main training will take place here in Utah for sure. Um, got a great trainer and, and training in the elevation is huge. I mean, people want to train here all the time for the Olympics and for combine and stuff like that. And then I'm going to try and go and whether it's flying out to California or Arizona or Vegas or whatever it is to throw with, you know, some NFL quarterbacks in the off season, uh, do things like that. Uh, hopefully get with some NFL receivers or like a professional receivers coach um, on kind of weekend trips to try and get the best of both worlds. So that's, that's my plan as of now. And I feel good about it. I feel really confident about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I think uh, probably time to kick it for a break. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll hop into to Doc Talk. See this in 3D. All lights out for me. All lights out for me. Lightning strikes the beat. Back, it's everybody's uh, favorite segment. Everybody named Christian Good. It's everybody's uh, favorite segment. Everybody. Everybody, everybody named Christian Good. Uh, it's Doc Talk, um, and that's because, uh, as Christian Judd is want to remind you, uh, he is a doctor, uh, uh, specializing in the field of, um, you know, uh, substance abuse and and uh, counseling. He's a uh, DNP, uh, Christian Judd. Myself, um, JD, I, I practice law. I took my, um, my doctoring skills uh, to the other side of the uh, street. And, uh, and now we have uh, our buddy, Britton Covey, who is about to earn his honorary doctorate uh, from sports or from Social Hall Institute of Technology. Um, <laughs> Christian, what, is, what did Britton earn his doctorate degree in? So here at Social Hall Sports University, you know, and I know that we take every uh, honorary doctorate very seriously. We sit down with the faculty and we, we um, discuss, you know, what does this individual really, you know, amount to and what, what fits perfectly for their skill set. And Britt and Covey, when we were talking, we thought, now here's a guy. You know, he, he went on an LDS mission and returned, um, returned to Utah, despite With all honor. the jokes 
that he was going to go go to BYU. Um, he's returned from injuries. Um, also, that he can uh, catch some amazing passes and some returns. So, Britton Covey, my friend, we would like to give you your honorary doctorate in returning arts. Britton, <laughs> Dr. Covey, would you care to join us for Doc Talk? I would love to join you for Doc Talk, fellow doctor. 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 Um, so tonight, um, you know, we're, we're sticking with the Christmas theme, the Christmas season. Um, we've done a couple of uh, fun things so far. But, um, you know, Andrew, Dr. McCullough, he had some issues with his uh, Christmas trees getting delivered. Um, you know, and, and some people... You know, they have an exorbitant amount of trees. Some people keep it simple. So what we wanted to do is, um, you know, do a little round table and, and uh, get the uh, good doctor's opinion here mm-hmm. about um, how many trees do you think is a, an appropriate amount to have during the Christmas season? So why don't we start out with you, Dr. Covey? Uh, well, doctor, um, I believe that it is all... It, it's all dependent on the amount of people in the house and the ages. Um, let me say if there's three or less, you're only one tree. Um, but I grew up having at least two trees in the house at all times because we have seven people in the house. So I believe that two trees, three trees max. And uh, one of them has- You're putting in a maximum amount of trees. Maximum amount of trees because there's no way you're handling more than three trees. I mean, come on. So let's go with two trees as a, as a baseline because you got to have one cute tree and then one tree that just you put whatever you want. For example, my mom, we have one normal tree and then we always, our tradition is we hang our other tree upside down from the ceiling. So that's a true story. I'm serious. That's fun. Did you hang yeah. any ornaments from your upside down tree? Yes. They hang a lot better too because they hang straight down. That's amazing. More room for I think you need to tweet out a picture of the upside down tree. Um, yeah, it's in the house. I'll the, have to get it. The, the listeners would uh, would love to see that. Um, I am going to take a slightly uh, opposing view there, uh, Dr. Covey, and, and that is I also grew up in a house. There were seven of us as well. Well, there were seven children, two parents, so nine of us. And we grew up with two trees. We always had the, we called it the, uh, you know, the, the quintessential LDS household, the, you know, you have the living room where the home teachers come. You had the fancy tree in there where the kids couldn't break the ornaments, mm-hmm. um, glass ornaments and whatnot. And uh, then we had the more, the more family friendly tree in the family room. Um, I myself am a little bit of a decoration um, aficionado. And so I love to decorate uh, interior design I uh, missed my calling in life. Um, that's okay. Um, because I'm just doing it, uh, at the amateur <laughs> level now, but, uh, I have, I have a, a living room tree. Um, and this year I was adding, we moved into a new house. Um, and it's always been my dream, uh, either side of kind of, uh, in this situation, it's, uh, kind of our, our tree or our TV and our kind of entertainment center, but on either side, I wanted two 12 foot Christmas trees flanking either side. I'm not going to get into the logistics, but uh, we finally got our trees delivered last night. Um, so we set them up. I didn't even decorate them because we left home to come up to Salt Lake City for the, the holidays. So I got one evening with my trees, but I did set them up just so I could look at them. Um, so mission accomplished. Um, but my children also have, uh, they each have a little tree in their bedroom. My son, who um, he's just he's just uh, really obstinate. Um, I have a bunch of University of Utah ornaments that I've been uh, gifted every year. And so it's kind of like a University of Utah tree. Well, my son, uh, just in an effort to put me in an early grave, um, says he's a BYU fan and he cheers against Utah. Um, he he does. Unfortunate. Uh, I did. I did witness it at your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's infuriating. Um, and I even told him, I said, hey, if Utah beats Oregon, this is for the title game, we're going to Disneyland. And he's like, 
I was like, so you're going to cheer for Utah? And he's like, no. Oh, like, no. Then we're not going to Disneyland. And then he got all mad. Um, but anyways, but he refuses to let me take the, the, the Utah ornaments down to the man cave. Uh, but I also have a little tree down in the man cave. So if you count the little trees in the kid's bedroom and the one in the man cave, I have six Christmas trees. But I think only three of those should count as official trees because uh, the other ones are kind of those little teeny ones. Um, but uh, so you're I trying say, to stay in line with the with the three tree limit, although you do. No, absolutely trees. not. Absolutely not. I think the, you can have <laughs> as many trees as you want as the space provides. Well, I doctor, feel like- you know, <laughs> I, I'd say most people, you know, would would go for my diagnosis, my, my prescription. <laughs> Your prescription. Uh, I think. I think well, you're probably right. Dr. Uh, Covey, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely in line with you. Um, I actually, I grew up in a household where we only had one tree, but we just didn't have the space in my house growing up for more than just a single tree. Um, however, my home now, we're actually re- we're uh, finishing the basement and um, we're going to have a whole fireplace with bookcases on either side. And um and I was telling my wife recently that I want to have two trees. So we'll have okay. kind of like the All same right. thing what you said. We'll have like the, the, the nice, you know, fancy dressed up tree. But then we'll have just the kids tree with all their, yeah. their fun ornaments, their homemade ornaments and everything like that. And then that way I can stay with Dr. McCullough and have the fully decorated, nice looking tree that you would see in the Festival of Trees or something at Modern Display but then the kids can have theirs that they can, they can have. So that so when one of your kid becomes a BYU fan, he can, my kid can will dance. not be a BYU fan. He <laughs> sleeps on a swoop pillow. Oh, so does okay. my son. My and son swoop has a swoop, swoop pillow. Tyler Huntley. <laughs> 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 no, he, he loves, he loves the Utes and he, he has his Utah shirts. He knows how to throw up the U all three of my kids I've raised, right. And they have never <laughs> said anything good about BYU. Uh, for the I for the record, my yeah right. My son <laughs> has a swoop pillow as well, and he wears Utah gear. Uh, but it's just this last season. He's just he's just pushing my buttons, and so he says he's a BYU fan now. I remember fact, when had, he was when he was running around saying, uh, chanting BYU. One of our friends was um, threatening to throw him outside, and he started to cry. He busted up in the tears. <laughs> but yeah. Then it didn't happen. It was just um, it was a, it was at a pivotal moment in during the Oregon State game, and and definitely not want a wanted chair at that time. Yeah, honestly, if he becomes a BYU fan, that's fine. He'll just uh, he will. Just I mean, we're talking to a guy a that grew up a BYU fan, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. What well, what's that one joke that you know have the BYU players be Paul Bears so they can let me down one more time. (laughs) On that note, um, Dr. Covey, thank you so much for joining us for Doc Talk. It's, it's been fun and uh, everybody listen up for the next segment. That girl is a real crowd, please. Small world, all her friends know of me. Young bull living like an old geese. Quick release the cash, watch it fall slowly. Still trying to get in. Haters mad for whatever reason. Smoke in the air. Binge drinking. All right, everybody, we're back. Um, you know, we're, we're here sitting with um, Britton Covey, and um, Utah's headed to the Rose Bowl. So, of course, we couldn't let you go without doing a little bit of discussion about. Um, what you see that the team is doing to kind of prepare mentally for the Rose Bowl, what you yourself are doing to prepare for this uh, big game. I know Mm -hmm. that um, for you in particular, because um, you were there for the first ever um, Rose Bowl game that was, you know, then uh, referred to as the Mm -hmm. tournament East West football game back in Mm -hmm. 1902, that this is particularly special for you. Um, but you know, kind of tell us what, what's been done to, uh, prep for this game. Right. That was a great game. Yeah. I remember that. Um, no, it's been great. I mean, bowl prep with coach Whittingham is always, it's always really intense. Um, 
in a good way. I think that he frames it in a good way to people saying, you know, you, you end your season on losses and you just feel bad about it. You know, it, it, you have a different taste in your mouth. And I think that's why he has such a good bowl record, according to a lot of my teammates who have transferred from other schools, right? They say that our bowl prep is pretty intense compared to a lot of other places. And I, I prefer that and I like that. And so what um, kind so, of things are they, are they referring to when they say that, that with the, with the differences between what coach Witt does and what they have right. experienced at their respective schools? Uh, mainly two things, the amount of time spent at the facility, whether that's running and conditioning, or I mean, whether that's like weightlifting, watching film and having meetings or practice, just the amount of time in general. Um, you know, we've only had a couple days off since the, since the Pac-12 championship. Um, where it's like completely off. Most every day we're in there doing something. And then uh, conditioning is, is the other one. We're, we're always, you know, I mean, we've had lots of conditioning um, as if it's fall camp, basically, in terms of just like the amount of times he's having us run after practice and do two-minute drills and things like that. So we've got a good mentality going in. And I think that breeds confidence for the guys. You know what I mean? Um, we get our game plan. And it, what's, re what's really cool about bowl games is you get your game plan in early and then you just perfect it. You know, you don't switch up that much. So we've had our game plan in for a week and a half now, and we've had six practices to just refine it and, you know, not change too many things, maybe alter a few things here and there. And we've got five more practices to refine it until the game. So uh, you really, you know, you go in kind of as a fine tuned machine and, and uh, it's interesting when you have to make adjustments on the fly after a month of preparation, you know, doing only a, a few certain things. But it's cool because it's different than any other game in that sense of just like the refining of one game plan that you've had for multiple weeks. So then with that, um, you know, how much time have you actually spent watching game footage from special teams, from mm -hmm. the Ohio State and uh, DB footage, things like that? Yeah to prepare yourself right i would say probably eight to ten hours for me personally aside from what you do as a team right i'm um, just trying to pick up tendencies and it's and it's you know it's not that much if you think about it. if you spread it across a couple weeks I, i'm sure i'll do a little bit more but it's uh understanding how to watch film you can do it a lot quicker i remember how i used to watch film as a freshman um compared to now. And I just like, I thought I was working so hard by just staying in the film room for three hours. Then I realized like now that I know how to watch film and what I look for, just how unproductive I was in those three hours. Right. I, I can get done in 20 minutes now when I got done in three hours back then. So, yeah. So my question about Rose, the kind of Rose Bowl and Rose Bowl prep, aside from the game itself, what are you, looking most forward to about the the Rose Bowl and this bowl trip besides the game yeah well I am looking forward to most the fact that they will pay for my wife to be with me I've never been able to go on a trip with my or on a football anything with my wife and they let the players bring their wives so I am pumped for that because we're going to go to Disneyland and I don't know, we'll probably go surfing. So I'm excited for that because I, my roommate is Muddy Parks and he snores and he sleep talks <laughs> and he, and I just can't handle it. She knows I've texted her multiple times at three in the morning, videos of money snoring and of me throwing a pillow at him to wake him up. So I'm excited to, to not have to sleep in money's room. I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, being in a room with your wife is a little bit more, um, comfortable yes absolutely so i'm excited for that i really am so what do you um feel like is the one thing where you you feel the most confident in going in mm -hmm. next week because you know obviously this is the biggest game of the season for a lot of these guys the biggest name the biggest game for their college career mm-hmm so what do you think is, is um, giving you and, and the, the team the, the most confidence going in? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say 
<clears throat> you can separate that into the three phases, right? Um, obviously, Ohio State's offense is unbelievable. I, I, you know, I really think that their offense is top two in the country. Um, and so they've got lots of different weapons and they have lots of different styles that they can play with. And uh, it's just nice to be able to trust Coach Scali with his disguises. He's always good at disguising things. And, you know, he'll, he'll bring certain pressures that the quarterback's never seen. He'll have certain coverages he's never seen. So, you know, that takes a little bit of time for people to adjust. And you saw that in the Oregon games and different games, right? Um, offensively, I think what gives me confidence is that we finally started to perfect our three tight end rotation. Uh, understanding who's good at what, how often we do this three tight end set, how often we go, you know, more of 11 personnel with three receivers out there. Um, but it sends up, it sets up for mismatches. You know, are they going to keep a, a nickel in to guard Brant Keithy or Dalton Kincaid, or are they going to bring in another linebacker? And I think that that is where we are unique as compared to a lot of other teams is we present that challenge to people. And I finally feel like we started to perfect that near the end of the season. So that gives me some confidence. Um, and then in special teams, just, you know, like we were saying, Andrew, if teams don't want to kick to me, which a lot of teams don't, they kick it out of bounds and we get great field position. That's happened throughout my whole career. I've had great numbers returning the ball for the first four games of the season. And then teams stop kicking to me and they kick it really high to try and just get me to fair catch or they kick it out of bounds. We get great field position. So we all know how you respond to that. And that's why I hate fair catching is because I know they're not trying to kick to me and it, and it bugs me. Um, anyway, uh, lots of different things give me confidence, but also just um, it's like a healthy respect for them. Right. I mean, they're the Ohio state. They are a great team. Um, they can be anyone in the country at, on any given day. So a healthy respect, uh, I think, is, is warranted. So, Britton, then tell us, you know, you're, you're a man of uh, many words, a man of much wisdom and experience. So uh, tell us then, have you had any sort of, uh, you know, words of wisdom, any, any great quotes, uh, words of confidence that you've given to the team um, during the last couple of weeks to, you know, help them get in the mindset? That's a good question. I honestly, the type of leadership role that I try and take is picking and choosing my times, right? I feel like I'm more of a one-on-one -on -one personal type of, you know, focus on the personal relationships so that when you do speak in front of the team, it's just a, you know, it's the group of your personal relationships that you're referring to. It's, it's not, you know, one to a group it's one to a bunch of individuals and uh so i haven't given much pep talk i would say but i have talked to a lot of players individually and just talked about the importance of film study going into a game like this and how one little thing one little tendency that you catch on film can be the difference between a career highlight for you in the rose bowl a life-changing play and not making it right and so i've had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations and i and leading up to the game i'm going to start talking with guys because the moment can be big and you can be wide-eyed and you got to start visualizing it now otherwise you get in the game and you get so nervous or you you start to panic you have a bad play and coach is screaming at you and you start to panic even more you stop focusing on your, on your assignment so visualizing stuff like that is really important and uh, that's kind of been one thing that I've preached all season to a lot of the guys um, so that when you do get in a big game like Oregon at home or in the Pac-12 championship, you're not wide-eyed, right? And so I'd say that's kind of something that I'll be focusing on as we get closer to the game. Act like you've been there. Yeah, totally. And you don't even have to act like you've been there if you visualize it. It feels like you've been there. You know what I mean? That's what I do with putt returns all the time. I, it's, it's pretty terrifying, but I've visualized it so many times in my mind that when I get out there, it's like I've already been there. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad Buy all of the things I never had I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine 
Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen Oh, every time I close my eyes I see my name in shining light We're back. Light. We're going to ask uh, a couple of questions yeah. of uh, Britton Covey, a couple of the, uh, the listeners' questions. Um, this first question uh, comes from uh, at Justin Craig 40, uh, Justin Hansen. Um, and he asked, he, he asked Britton, after your NFL pursuits, because uh, we all know that you're hopefully going to have a 14-year NFL career and, and all of that. But after your NFL pursuits, what do you hope to do career-wise? What, if you could pick right now what you would be doing after your NFL days, what, what would it be? I want to be a college coach for sure. That's, that's something that I've always dreamt of uh, for a long time. I've always thought that it would be really cool to be in a coaching, especially because, you know, and as, as I am, you know, all jokes aside, as I am getting older and starting to realize, um, you know, high school kids are kids, NFL coaches coach adults and men. College, college is, is hard. It's, you've got a mixture of kids and adults and people who are really figuring their lives out and changing and going through a lot of tough stuff on their own. And uh, I, I think it's really cool. I've seen certain coaches make huge impacts in my life, but also in a lot of my friends' lives. And um, so I think that's something that I've always wanted to try for sure. Um, And, and I feel like I could be good at it. Uh, but I know it's also another unpredictable industry and things like that. So we'll see how it goes. But it's one of those things that I'll regret the rest of my life if I don't try. So definitely going to go into that afterwards. And then apart from that, I just want to make a difference. I don't know how yet, but um, yeah. whether that's having a story to tell or, or whatever it is, I just want to feel like I, I make a difference, you know, and I feel like everybody I, wants to feel that. So, Yeah. I love that. And you are making a difference now. I hope you know that. I, yeah, uh, thanks, Andrew. Was, Appreciate it. Was on Locked on Utes with uh, Brian Brown last week. Kind of told the story of a couple of stories about you. But uh, yeah, you're a, you're, a great, uh, you're a great individual and you're, you're definitely making a difference in our community. Thanks, um, Andrew. If I can be serious for just a second, my yeah. dream job, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my career as, uh, as an, uh, an attorney right now, but uh, my dream job, um, is actually one that is currently occupied uh, by Mark Harlan. Um, that's my dream <laughs> job, is to be the athletic director uh, for the University of Utah. So let's, let's revisit this conversation, Britain, in about 15 years, and yeah. maybe I'll be sliding an offer uh, across the desk to, to extend an offer to have you be the head coach of the University of Utah. That'd be hey, something, huh? Yeah, 15 years. <laughs> I won't have any hair left, but I hope that doesn't change your opinion. No. Well, you probably won't need the 15 years. Uh, I'm going to need probably uh, 1,500 to probably get that job. But uh, no, uh, excellent, excellent answer, Britton. Um, This other question, I don't want you to uh, feel any any guilt. So we're just going to say that it is hypothetical here. Okay. But Britton, if you could guarantee – a Utah college football playoff invitation for the 2022 seasons, the upcoming season, would you come back for your final year of eligibility? So no questions asked. If you mm-hmm. come back, Utah's going to making the CFP. Would you come back? Oh, that's, um, I feel too content with how things have gone um, to really – you know, dive into that hypothetical because <laughs> uh, I, that's what I'm saying. Like if we didn't win the Pac-12 question. championship, it would have been a different answer, you know, but that was kind of, I, when I remember when I came into the program, we were still so young in the Pac-12 trying to earn respect that like the playoff and things that wasn't even in our thoughts. You know what I mean? Like even this last year and, and, and two years or three years ago, when we had a chance to go to the playoff, like, that still was in the very back of our minds. All we wanted to do was win the Pac-12 championship because that was the first stepping stone, you know, and go to the Rose Bowl. And so um, it's been really cool. That's one of my favorite things about my career is this, like, seeing the difference in 
just mentality of the program. When I was a freshman in 2015, we were kind of like the, we were, we still weren't quite the underdogs, you know, because we had earned some respect, but you know, we hadn't won the Pac-12 South yet. Um, Mm -hmm. We were still trying to earn that respect. And, uh, you know, we're not one of those huge name brands like a USC or Oregon or even a UCLA that sometimes, you know, people associate it with. And uh, so it's been cool to see now, like ever since that year, won the Pac-12 South, obviously lost the tiebreaker to USC. Now, I think people look at us as the top of the Pac-12. Uh, I really do. At least people who watch a lot of football. I'm not saying people who have the Oregon Marcus Mariota year, you know, like. Right. Um, I, no, I those believe, who know. Those no. who know. I mean, we've won more games in the Pac-12 than any school over the last six years. And so uh, to finally cap it and, and kind of finalize it, that almost feels like, okay, my time is has come, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the no, words of probably it's, it's some wise, wise wizard or something in a movie, you know, my time has come like master Ugwe, I can leave in peace. <laughs> that's, that's, that is a great answer. Um, and, and I, I saw that question. I was like, Oh, that almost feels a little unfair. Um, <laughs> I think it's good because, um, you know, it just shows that, that, uh, Bryn's made up his mind. And that um, yeah, I think that likely, you, you started out by saying that you're satisfied answer. with how things have gone. Mm-hmm. You're satisfied with where you're at. And so, you know, as, as, as much as enticing as that might be, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, college football playoffs. This season, though, has been incredible in and of itself. So, yeah, it, I think that says it all right there. Right. And always leave a place better than you found it. And whatever small contribution I could make to leave Utah where it's at, you know, I feel content with that. I feel like I've left the receiver room better than I found it. I feel like I've left the stewardship of being a captain better and whatever kind of small portion I have to do with that. You know, I feel content with that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. But I did want to just kind of say um, to Britain's point of, uh, you know, I was in the must uh, at the time you were, you were kind of coming to school and um, yeah, it was, we'd come, come off a couple of hard years. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, Britain commits um, and then things change. We go from back-to-back losing seasons uh, with no bowl appearances to 2014, the year he commits to Utah. Uh, we win our first game against USC. Um, since then, you know, we've, we've won the South more often than we, uh, uh, then we've lost it. We've actually, we've won it uh, four times now. Um, and uh, yeah, I think in my estimation, you, you came into, you know, a bottom two or three uh, program in terms of on-field res- results those first mm-hmm. few years. And you've created the absolute uh, top dog in the conference. So props to you, buddy. Um, I know Christian has our usual pop quiz. Um, so we'll toss it over to him for some rapid fire questions and we'll, we'll send you out. Yeah, really. Sounds great. That was the, those questions. They were they were perfect, and um, thank you for for those great answers. Like you really yeah. have inspiration to, you know, we we have this podcast that we do. We have a fun with it, but you know, first and foremost, we're fans, and and we love watching you. And you really do. You really are an inspiration, and and Thanks, I, hope you, I hope you know that. Thanks, Christian. No, I appreciate before it. we before we let you go, as Andrew said, we um we have to give you the infamous pop quiz. Love it. So let's do it. You ready for that? I'm I'm ready. I have no All idea right. what it's about, but I'm ready. All right, my man. So first on the list, uh, please tell us and the listeners at home, what is the best meal you've ever eaten? The best meal I've ever eaten has to be what my wife cooked about a week ago. And maybe it's recency bias, but she made some, she wanted to make some gourmet thing for me. And so she made this chicken sandwich and took this sharp cheddar cheese or Havarti or one of the weird cheese names and melted it on, had some really nice bread and toasted it. And then she put a balsamic vinegar dip for it. Oh, it was ridiculous. That sounds amazing. Unbelievable. Maybe a little recency bias, but I also love my wife's cooking. So, Well, maybe yeah. Andrew and Brownie I. Brownie points too. That. Yeah. yeah, of course, brownie <laughs> points, even even if it weren't. Um, what is one thing that you own that you should really throw out? Oh, my gosh. What should I not throw out? Um, 
probably this. It's like a it's like a putter from like 1920, and oh, I love is it. Is that your yeah. first putter? No, it's, I've I've never actually taken it. You got that putter on the day you were born. Ah, you're a funny guy. You know? I mean, honestly, that was just the first thing that came to mind when I looked around my room. I am so ridiculously is there, is there a story behind that putter? It's it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I made my parents buy it at some auction when I was like ten years old. I'm a I love golf, by the way. You guys know that. We know that. Just love golf. So I promise you, I could look around my room and find five hundred things because I am way too sentimental and keep every little last thing so well we're, we're looking at your room right now and it doesn't look cluttered to me well that's good <laughs> I appreciate you i'm not showing the floor if you're asking me to do that <laughs> <laughs> all right next question cake or pie pie absolutely no question at all pie what flavor any fruit any i mean i guess pie. Well, any fruit pie not a cake you, person have you tried a cake or cook have you tried the pickle pie um disgusting it sounds key lime is the number one pie so so there's this pickle pie that's out at uh, a shop in uh near capitol reef oh. um and i've not tried it myself but apparently it is a it's it's one of the most amazing things that you could ever try but that pie um it, it made the rounds on Twitter a bit ago when when uh, I did actually Fox News Christian uh, I actually I gotta cut you off here that was a hoax not actually in Utah yeah so that's what I was gonna say is that um, that this pie that was allegedly the same uh, pie that um, they serve um, at the Sun Glow Cafe it was not that because they had like put pickle chips on top of it which is not even the case. Um, apparently it's it's similar to like a, a sweet potato pie or a pumpkin pie um, but yeah if you haven't tried it apparently next time we're down in Capitol Reef it's uh, on the to-do list of uh, stopping at Sun Glow Cafe and, and getting yourself a slice of pickle pie so, I will take hmm. your word for it <laughs> yeah Porter you Larson will tell you the that. same thing yeah Porter will okay yeah because he's had it and he says delightful yeah. Um, uh, next, what's that? I said good for Porter. Good for Porter. Next question, though. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Absolutely. Oh, hundreds of times. Who was that? I, in fact, talking about things, let me look at my drawer right now. I mean, I know you can't see this on the podcast, but I have my favorite autograph that I've ever gotten. Besides and from Andrew and I. Absolutely. Okay. It's somewhere in here. I don't know where it is. Um, Jimmer Fredette. I know you guys are big Ute fans, but I was the biggest Jimmer Fredette fan in history. I, I loved Jimmer. And, he, was, uh, he was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. Like that he kid, when, he dropped, when he dropped those threes from outside. Unbelievable. And so I was, obviously, yeah, I was just a big Jimmer fan and I got his autograph and I, I had it framed in this little case and I still have it. It's in my drawer. So we can't, we can't hang right for that. The guy is a legend at BYU. Yeah, he's just great. Um next question, I don't I don't know if you'll have an answer, but we'll we'll ask okay. it anyway. Um country club or dive bar? Uh country club because it comes with golf, of course. Of course. Yeah that he's a he's a riverside boy right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, not about about the preppiness of it, but man, if we're just talking like, yeah, I'll go, even if it's just putting on one of those putting greens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, your your buddy Josh that we played with at the Open, he, uh, I think he was t- he, he was telling me that he, he played. Uh, is it is it's Riverwoods, right? Riverwoods. Riverside, yeah, yeah. Oh, Riverside, not Riverside. That's, right. that's okay. where we play. Yes, that's uh, your home course. We're to the point where he only has to give me two strokes per side, four strokes total. That's incredible because for our listeners, um, everybody knows uh, I like to hit the long ball. And Josh went over 400 yards twice in 18. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and I I thought you're 380. He cut the corner on one, but uh, 
one of them was legit like a like a 413 yard drive i was just like sick. love josh we also were watching charlie woods and fangirling over him the other day <laughs> amazing uh next question if you were a superhero what superpowers would you have oh i would have so i've always wanted this power to basically be able to look at something and go back in time in the same exact spot and see how it's changed over time. I've always wanted to like stand on top of the mountain and look down at the valley and like see Lake Bonneville, you know? And Oh, so you're talking about like um, how things have eroded over time. You'd like to yeah. see it in its original. Exactly, have That's a Urim and Thummim basically. Um, I, I would like to, to basically look at any like place and be able to pick any year in time and say, show me this place in, 500 BC, you know, just or to even see 500 what... years into the future. Oh, all right. You're getting crazy now, Christian. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I got to say, this is weird because this is weird. This is like almost like deja vu because I'm not kidding you when I thought about this thought so many times, um, just being like, okay, like Salt Lake Valley, what did this look like yeah. in 1800? What did this look like in like, yeah, a thousand years ago? And uh, had so that thought cool. many times. But just like Britain, I never applied it to the future, Christian. I think that's just going out. That's yeah. just no one man should have all that power, in the words of Kanye. Well, I, I like witchcraft, and we're we're all fans of Harry Potter here, so I can. It's it's my dream. It's my wish. <laughs> yeah, all right. you, can, you can you can go forward. We'll go backwards. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, next question. This is probably the most important question in all of Quizdom, and that is Big Spoon or Little Spoon. Ooh, I'd say 75 little, 25 big. Okay, That's so you're, you're, wow. a little, you're a little bit big. I, I like to be the little guy. I mean, come on. You are, so, you are a little guy. I, no, yeah. I love that because I'm a little spoon myself and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm quite a bit larger than yourself, but you're, you're one of the, yeah. the first uh, individuals who's gone with with little spoon well uh, because here's they the thing. are small people are little they just don't want to admit it they're, they're little little spoons the way to go they just don't want to admit it it's my theory but you like seems you like manly you did a split oh, though nobody it. nobody's done a split on this podcast no like you, nobody's done a split 75 25 yeah 75 25 that's that's pretty smart right there you're making up your own rules now written cubby <laughs> That happens um, and you can go back in the past. And you, <laughs> you can go back in the past. All right, my man. Uh, the final thought here, we would like to for you to, for us and for the listeners at home, to describe the rest of your life in five words. Give me 10 seconds to think. The rest of my life in five words. Um, gosh, how can you not be cliche with something like this? Well, I mean, you are making, uh, okay. Making an impact goofily. Goofily. <laughs> I like that. Cause I want to make an impact, but I also not, don't want to take things too seriously and just be a happy guy and make everyone feel, you know, you're, you're preaching to the converted here. Cause neither of us take ourselves seriously. So. I know. No, I, I, I believe that. <laughs> written thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it good luck next week man andrew Thanks. and i will be there cheering you on nice. from the rose bowl stadium um but you know everybody at home uh be be sure to rate the podcast five stars only mm-hmm. five stars only and as always go utes go you go you
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.